Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host today, Joe Oltman. So we got we we have a, a pretty packed day today. We have Draza Smith with us today. And I, w- I want you guys to we're gonna be talking about election fraud and that the math that proves that the election was stolen in 2020. And you you would already say, all right, we already know that the election was stolen in 2020, and I would tell you. Okay, you know the election was stolen in 2020. I'm glad you know that the election was stolen in 2020. But this is just more information that, again, is definitive proof. And as we've seen, Sean Smith, who is a retired colonel in the, in the uh, um, Air Force. Okay, I got it. I'm going to – this first or no? Or just slack it to me, please. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm just getting the, the ad reads out. So uh, – so uh, we're going to talk about the election proof, but there's some people that were screaming at Sean Smith. I think it was Matt Crane. We talked a little about this morning. And uh, I'm sorry, it, 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 there's just a massive amount of misinformation, disinformation that now is coming through that is, has nothing to do with facts. It has nothing to do with the facts. It has to do with emotion. And if they can just say that, oh, there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here, and they scream really loud, then there's likely nothing that you can do about all the fraud that's in front of you. Um, but the radical left are going to be doubling down. Um, that's what radical leftists do, is they double down. So let's not wait any longer. Let's just bring Draza in, and let's just start talking about you know, what they found, what uh, Draza found and what uh, Jeff O'Donnell found. Draza, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me back to talk to you. Absolutely. I mean, it's you were in Texas this week. I was. Awesome. Well, everyone's better we in were, Texas. <laughs> we were in uh, the Midland, Odessa area, uh, talking with people there, meeting the people that are running for office, and um, having some discussions about how they need to reform their election process and things that are going on associated with that. So, so reforming the election process um there it's a national problem that we have in our country absolutely Is absolutely it- and so so just just because we're talking about um <clears throat> reforming the election process that's something that has to happen that right. that doesn't mean that uh we don't need to stop talking about elections that have happened in the past to analyze what happened for greater understanding and and make decisions about what's going to happen there but uh, the reality is, is that regardless, moving forward, we have to change what we're doing now and having a better understanding of how what happened to us happened and being able to detect it, what doesn't detect it and what does detect it yeah. is I think, critical. <clears throat> yeah, well, um, the, I think that the issue that we have right now is that truth doesn't seem to matter. I mean, it really is. It really is a sad case. And I know that I know that, uh, and maybe I'm being a little bit pessimistic right now, and I'm being so for a reason. But uh, 
we already have the proof, Draza, don't we? I mean, don't we have the proof in like 100 different ways? Logs were actually deleted. Votes were added. Phantom ballots inside the system. <laughs> I mean, the report that came out of, uh, out of Mesa is unbelievable. The second report. <clears throat> well, not, a, not only that, but uh, we, had, we had the audit in Maricopa County, right? Yeah. The, the minute, the, to my mind as a computer engineer, the minute that uh, the Cypher report stated that there were two bootable hard drives in that machine and they had different configurations and only one of them has been certified, I mean, that, that in, in any other application, that, that one point alone would have cast enough doubt on everything that nothing could be trusted. Right, but, but, they, but they've ignored it because truth doesn't matter. Your votes don't matter. Your voice doesn't matter. I mean, that really is what they're saying to the American people is that you don't matter. Well, a lot you of us are fighting matter. to change that. Yeah, and, and I just get to the, the realization, right? And I'm not, I'm not being a Debbie Downer, right? I'm just trying to set the tone for everything that we're about to present. But before I do that, I have to do an ad read for one of our sponsors, which I think is important. Liberty Cigar Company has assembled the first six presidents in one beautiful cigar collection. These great men guided a nation admirably from the very beginning to the period known as the early republic. Each cigar mirrors the personality of one so honored. The set includes George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Mon Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams Cigar. In honor of President's Day, which was just last week, the conservative daily audience will receive 17.76% discount on the early Republic Series, originally priced at $89. Use the coupon code LIBERTY at libertycigars.com to save 17.76%. Um, I love these. I love Liberty cigars. It's pretty awesome. So get over there and get yourself some cigars. Okay. So uh, you sent over a, a slide deck. I did. We can and, talk about as much or as little of that as you want to talk about. Well, I want to geek out a little bit. Okay. Right. I want to geek out because, you know, you and I have had a conversation and I think that some of the information that you've provided, I will use in the lawsuit um, with Eric Coomer of Dominion. Um, so I probably won't talk a little bit about that stuff that I have that I just want to thank you for getting for me, but I do want to walk through this because I think it's important. I think it's important that people understand the data. So listen, this is going to make your eyes hurt. It's going to make your ears hurt. Mr. Producer, is there a way that we can put that up on screen and separate it down for us so that, okay, but we can't see us. So I can't, yeah, hold on. We're going to fix this for a minute so we can see both of us and put the screen up. Um, for you so you can go through it. But tell us a little bit about what you found. Let's start there. So, so um, in looking over the whole process, um, we have to look at it as like a whole system of how, how from the very beginning of uh, the process to the end of the process, what happened to us was accomplished. <clears throat> and so the, the one thing that I've as, as we're going through here, what I've said to everyone is nobody knows what happened. The only people that really know what happened are the bad guys, and they're not talking yet, <clears throat> yet, right? So we have to, what we're doing is we're basically reverse engineering this whole process from right. the data and basically doing the whole Sherlock Holmes things that we have to figure out all these hypotheses and, and discard them as we find things that don't fit, and then whatever remains has to be what happened. So as we've done that, we've come up with a whole process, and um, that's basically on the first 
the first slide the or the next one following the intro slide here that uh, we want and, and what we've decided to do is we want to try to educate everybody on this whole process so they understand why certain things are being pushed and what the effect of that is and why we, we should, should be very critical of things and why right. certain why certain tests uh, counts and things that are done make it look like there's nothing wrong just like when you inspect the hat of the magician and there's nothing wrong with it even though they pulled a rabbit out and yeah. why some things actually show you what went on so it, educating everybody on the whole process and making sure that everybody understands what happened to us I think is the one thing that this can't that, that what's happening to us cannot withstand. And as we see different legislation pushed by different people, we understand the motivation for that. And it may not be the reasons that they're giving us. So this whole process right here is uh, is what is our best guess right now uh, with the work that uh, Jeff O'Donnell and I have been doing, collecting data and taking in uh, other people, you know, other work that people have been doing and try to do a best fit of, of the whole process. Yeah, so let's start at the top. So we're going to have to do this for the audio version as well. And this is the, this will give you, you know, everyone for the audio version, there is a, a PowerPoint that we'll post. So you can see this as well. Um, I'll put it on, um, actually, it's on Draza's uh, Telegram channel. I will take it from there, and I will put it over onto my Telegram channel so you can see it. Um, but walk us through this. The first one, right, so you have um, vo voter rolls. Right. So This is how to steal rolls, an election. Yes. Our voter rolls are critical right now to the process of how, of how an election can get stolen. Um, before I was involved in, in this, um, again, I've, I'm an engineer. I've been busy, you know, raising my kids and earning a living and everything like everybody else. This is not something that I have been really focused on. So before this, when I would hear like Judicial Watch suing states for them to clean up their voter rolls, I thought that was appropriate, but I didn't understand the significance of it. So if this is like, this is like critical step one to be able to do uh, the, the current cheat. And we have to inflate the voter rolls. We have to have these phantom voters, ghost voters. We have to have, we have, to have line items on the voter rolls that would be capable of providing mail-in votes that will dilute the will of the actual humans that are voting. Um, and that would be, those would be um, controlled by whoever is in whoever is controlling that portion of it so there's concern over whether the people that are printing the ballots could be printing extra ballots and mailing them in there's concern that someone that has access to the voter rolls and would know who these uh, phantom voters are could order mail-in ballots in their name and then just have them filled out and delivered back um, but the the problem is is that when you look at the inflated voter rolls, they're using multiple means. You hear all these stories that they're registering or they're keeping people on, on the voter rolls after they've been married, they keep the maiden name on there. After you get divorced, they keep the married name on there. Right. Um, after people move, they leave the they leave the names on the rolls. And then sometimes these, these strange names that aren't really people show up even. There's been some hysterical names found. I think that one of, there's a very popular family in, uh, New Mexico, I believe, whose last name is Void. So um, that's <laughs> Void. Um, Void. <laughs> Void. Yeah. But um, but the uh, 
so when the problem with this is is that when you tell the numbers of each of these groups the number is rather significant but not earth shattering but the problem is when you add them all up together it becomes earth shattering like when jeff just um uh, just testified up in Wisconsin. He started out the whole conversation with the biggest problem with Wisconsin is that, uh, or with Wisconsin voter rolls, is the fact that there's 7 million names on the voter rolls in a state with 4.5 million people. So it Se becomes. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. 7 million people on the voter rolls. That, that's, per my memory, that's what I recall him saying. 7 so, million on the rolls and only 4.5 4 million people in the, in the state. So I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of tell you something. And, um, we've been going through this in, uh, you know, I was supposed to fly to Ukraine area to the Balkans last week. And I put off my flight, uh, for a lot of reasons, but we were able to collect information and that information was related to stolen records that were used in the 2020 election. And you probably don't know this, and we'll probably we'll share some of this before, but we actually were able to trace back all of those people and start asking them questions. Hey, did you vote? They're like, no. Did you vote at this address? No. I haven't lived in that address in for five years. So you didn't vote? No. And we were able to pull the file in certain states. You have any idea where they actually come from? Where, what states they're in? these names all states all states all states all states, all states. every single every single state all that the value been involved in analyzing their voter rolls it's hugely inflated in every single state without exception so they are literally stealing elections all over the country and they're deciding who gets selected not elected No state. doubt. When, when, when looking over the Marico, uh, the Mesa County data, I don't know if this is true or not, but I have, when looking at some of the down ballot races, you see some of the down ballot races where people didn't vote as often as right. like the top, the top ones. And I understand that that's said that that's true, but I don't know a huge number of people that do that. Um, right. but maybe, maybe that's just my, uh, my, my crowd I run with, but, um, the, the votes for some of the down ballots, which I would assume would be the people voting and not necessarily some of the phantom voters filling out their information. We've only got 45% of the people that voted in the presidential election voting in some of the down ballot races. So that means there's up to 55% of the vote in Mesa County that could be phantom voters. That's a huge percentage. You know, this leads me down the path of why they put it back up, Mr. Producer, so we can walk through this. We didn't even get through it yet. Um, but we, we, we walk through the different areas of how to steal an election. So first your voter rolls, and then you go to analytics, then early voting, then election day voting, and then reconciliation, right? Mm -hmm. In your opinion, based on all of this, where are the phantom ballots? Where are the phantom ballots? Where are the phantom votes? Are they in the, the system? Phantom, Are they in the, the phantom votes? The phantom votes. Uh, I have not gotten to be involved in any of the audits to actually be, you know, actually look at them. However, based on the analytics that I've seen, yeah. the phantom votes come in very at the very, very first as mail-in votes that are proactively determined 
based on someone doing analytics of the precinct. If you like, if we if we ask Seth Keschel with all of the analysis that he's done on different precincts, if take take pick one precinct, and and just look at the you know the humans and the average income and the this and the that and the that and vote this for me, vote mm -hmm. vote the precinct and tell me how you think it's going to go. He could do it, and then. If I had control of a bunch of phantom voters, I would be able to figure out how many phantom voters I should send in in each on each side to come up with the outcome that I desire. Right. To offset the humans that I know that are there and their average opinion. And then the average opinion, then the then the vote could come out with their opinion or not their opinion, depending upon how I wanted to vote a large number of phantom voters. So let's go and through. Then got, go ahead, and sorry. then we've got cases where they come in right at the end. Of course, and that's because of monitoring capabilities as we're going through the vote and then them being able to prepare more phantom, phantom votes to come in at the very end to offset the, the totals that they know of people that have already voted. So it's a relatively simple process. You just have to be able to shroud it so that you can't see under the hood. Right? Correct. You have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And as long as you can Correct. keep people from getting into the system, you can stop people from uncovering the math behind the steel. Let's go to the next one slide, Mr. Producer. Well, so we uh, before you do that, I want to make one thing really clear okay. with this. We so didn't I, go through this. You, let's go, you want to finish going through this? Yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't go All through right. this. One of the points I want to make here that I really want to everybody to really think about, okay, is our mail-in voting and our early voting. So as we have gone through this and we've learned more and more, your mail-in voting and your early voting, even though they're they're uh, provided, they're they're described to you as a convenience. What this does is this allows for a collection of the votes of the humans, which are uncontrollable. We don't know how the humans are going to vote if we're doing analytics on this. They could all decide to vote for a third party, and we wouldn't have any control over that. Right. But if we do mail-in voting and we do early in-person voting. The more of that we can do, the more humans come off the table for election day that we won't be able to compensate for. And it gives us more time to create more phantom voters to offset what we're seeing. I want I just want that to be everybody to think about that. So as more and more early voting is pushed and more and more mail in voting is pushed, understand the motivations of the people that are pushing those ideas. OK. All right. Do you want to go through any more of this one slide? I know we have 20 slides to go through, so yeah, I know. Let's do I know. An overview. The, the other, the other critical thing that's going to be hard for hard to understand, but I believe we have significant evidence both from the forensics, from the CVRs that we've been collecting, which I can discuss that a little more, and um, and uh, and just discussions uh, with people that have been running the elections and such, is that um, my my suspicion my my educated guess suspicion everything that i have data that points to right now is the the need for the machines is to hide the fact that these votes are coming in the phantom voters are coming in to offset the um the ballot stuffing uh so i've i've reviewed papers now for people that have written analytic papers that that provide math for you to do calculations to show vote patterns that are indicative of ballot stuffing yeah but if you have control of the database and you can reorder the votes so that if you dump a bunch of votes in at the end like ballot stuffing but you can shuffle the database and move those votes up to an earlier time like rewriting history like they were always there 
Yep. It hides from all analytics, even though that's what really happened. So that's, I know that's really hard. To, that's going to be hard to understand, but I think that that's one concept that we hadn't, we hadn't uh, considered at the beginning that evidence is pointing towards that we're seeing now. And, and now that you have more sets of data, what's the probability in your opinion of the election being stolen? In 2020? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'd have no doubt whatsoever. Okay. But, and you're, you're a mathematician. You, I'm an engineer, but we, do, we study a lot of math too. Okay. But you're, you're currently going for your doctorate? In computer engineering, yes. Computer engineering. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure that everyone doesn't go, oh, you just grab someone. Well, Draza, this is what you do. Yes. Yes. Okay. In, in engineering, when you do system analysis, you have to run, you have to, to do this type of analysis to determine when you have something break, when you're troubleshooting something not working correctly, you do this exact type of analysis to, to determine what was the initiating factor so that you know where to go and try to fix something. Right. It's the okay. same methodology. Let's, let's put the slide deck back up and go to slide two. Oh, okay. We have to do an ad read real quick. I'm going to do that real oh, quick. So our partner, Enterforce, is giving you a chance to win a 2021 Ford F-450 Gooseneck Trailer, Can-Am Maverick, and 20,000 cold hard cash. Conservative Daily listeners will get 1,000 bonus entries on any purchase made by using the same or using the promo code CD21. Um, that's in addition to anything that's going on on the site. You can visit the site, Enterforce, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. That's E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. Buy some gear, support our veterans, which they do. And then what we the reason why we chose them is because obviously we're more concentrating on the, the January 6th, not that we don't want to take care of the, of the veterans, but we decided that uh, we had the sweatshirt, which is free our people. We put it up on their site and um, uh, we're gonna take the sponsorship from this and we're gonna give it to the January 6th prisoners. It is also to note that uh, we lost um, a January 6th prisoner to suicide uh, over the weekend. Matthew Perna committed suicide um, and he was not a nonviolent participant in the redress of grievances and just attacked by the, by the government. So uh, if you can make your way over to Enterforce, um, you can also use CD10 if you want to save 10%. All right, so um, let's go back to it. Let's go, let's go to the second slide if we would. And then you know what, uh, Drazi, you get to drive. So just tell it just, okay. as you go through this. Okay? So th this is... The, some of these slides really are, are not necessarily for discussion, but just for the visual so you can see what's going on. So this right here is uh, what, what Jeff O'Donnell has, has deemed the registration heartbeat, that every four years as we go up to election, you get these big spikes in registration. And um, then now we started seeing higher spikes in the midterms. And then right before 2020, we also saw a big spike in the... Um, in the registration for the primaries before 2020. Um, now this, I mean, it, 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 some people may say that people may be more inclined to go out and register prior to an election and that may be, be normal behavior, but this is, this is significant. 5% of all the registered voters in Florida registered after June, 2020. That's significant. 5%. 5%. Of all registered voters voted after, or excuse me, registered after June, 2020. Correct. And Florida is also, by the way, a part of the ERIC system, correct? It is. Yeah. It is. All right. Um, and 
then um, if you if you go to the next slide, uh, I'm not picking on Florida. This is something we see everywhere. So here's South Carolina. Again, you can see that same heartbeat of the registrations over time, and then the increase in the registration with the midterm at 2018, and then the huge spike at 2020. Right. Okay. So then um, the the next slide is part of why we're seeing that. So. Um, this is uh, associated with a lot of work that Jeff has been doing, um, and this is called the HAVV lookup. So there is something, so the HAVA, the Help America Vote Act was passed, and that, that during part of that, there was HAVV, which is Help America Vote Verification. What this, what this is, is if somebody comes in to vote, if you drive into the place to vote, to register to vote, and you forget your ID, and or if you're sitting at home and you're registering online and you forget to bring your ID to your desk, um, you can you can petition to ha do an HAVV lookup. And what that is is it provide you supply your birthday, your social security number. Um, I think I don't, I don't remember what else, but uh, you you supply that and they then they can look it up and they can see if it's a match and if all that if all that data matches together, they'll go ahead and register you to vote. And okay. um, this. This is, uh, we looked this up for, for Texas because I was just down there, uh, and you can see it's it's pretty just amazing that um, before, the, uh, before the 2020 election, the number of voters that were registered under this methodology and a significant number of voters that registered after October 3rd, which was the cutoff date for registration. The uh, more concerning part also is the fact that they, we have all of these people coming in with the no matches. And there's no penalty. So in in that you go in and you and you go to register and, the, and you're providing information and there's no match, you're not you're registering as somebody who is not a real person. There's you just don't possibly don't even get registered to vote. Um, and then people come in and register with a significant number of dead deceased v voters that the information comes back, this person is deceased. And this this bothers me that people can come in and try to do this. Um, notice below it for Texas, 14,700,000 people have used this process to register in Texas with 3.9 million coming back as non-matches. So almost 4 million people attempted to register as voters with fake information that didn't match. That doesn't catch the ones that registered with fake information that did match. Also, 21,183 people tried to register and matched with a deceased person. That is a significant number of people that are coming in and abusing the system. Yeah, and, and this, by the way, is not um, indicative of 3.9 million people going in the system. It's 3.9 million lookups. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> and and again, that the numbers that you see there are only for Texas. Only for Texas. Every single state has numbers like this. But of course, Texas has a larger population than a lot of places. So their numbers are significantly higher. So but but the reason why this is this is important is because this is 14, 14,693,785 total lookups. So they basically said you don't have an ID, right? So you have to have information that you're looking up in order to make it match that person. So you have 14,600,000 people that have no IDs. Correct. Which is not possible. Or, or they didn't have IDs at the time that they came to register. Okay. 
14 million 600,000. Correct. Can you tell me how many voters there are in Texas? Oh, Jeff would be able to. I haven't studied okay. that portion enough to be able to rattle that off. Okay. But it's it's the population of Texas, I think is is it 36 million, 35 million? What's the population of Texas? Popu population. 29 million. Oh. All right, say it again. 29 million. So the that was in 2019. In 2019, it's 29 million. Okay, so I'm not that bright, but <laughs> that includes kids, right? So, I mean, I'm really, I'm trying to use all my fingers and toes here, okay? Fingers and toes, guys, fingers and toes. All my fingers and toes, 29 million people. <laughs> that includes kids under the age of 18. Um, and they had 14,693,000 lookups with no ID. And ten million seven hundred ninety-one thousand that were registered using this process. Now I, just I, I understand. Yeah, understand um, that 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 number below does not refer to the numbers in the chart. I just want to make that clear. Maybe I didn't make that clear. That uh, that since the HAV the program has been in effect. Okay. Uh, All right. So, so, so the, the the number the number before um, the number uh, I don't have the number of of the, the votes that are on that chart, but it's significant because you can see on October 3rd, um, the, the number of, of that when you add up the number of dead people, the number of non matches, the number of good matches. So that would indicate the number of people right. that tried to register on that particular day is, is so, huge. So is this 14,693,000 since the beginning or from January 4th to September 11th? No, from, from the beginning of the HAVV program. Okay, so when did that start? Oh, you're asking me the hard detail questions. All right, um, I can look that up and I can we'll, get it to you. I just don't know. All right, we'll come. Right we'll now. come back to it. Let's let's get let's get further into this, guys. Listen, this is the important details that um, is the why. So that's why we're digging into it. All right. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> and then the the next slide shows what we're seeing is the effect of this, and it's ridiculous. Um, this these are for so the the one on the right is the statewide daily registrations in New Mexico. It's, it's Identical. ridiculous that it, it's consistent like every single week. So you, and you have like the same percentage of Democrats and Republicans registering every single week. Um, the other graph, the, the, the upper graph is the registration by county in Florida. And that shows that we are, regardless of the county, you're getting a different magnitude, like Dade County, that highest peak there. Uh, of course, they have the most people. But regardless of the size of the county, you're getting the same shape every single through. week, all the way through it. Yeah. So, so how is that possible? I mean, is it possible to have different ratios? Um, like, so one has 10, the other one has 100, and they follow the same line, and today is 10 and 100, all the way down for an entire year? Is that possible? Mathematically? It, it, yeah, it's 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 possible, and some of the some of these um, counties, I don't have a, I don't have the slide here, but I can get you the information if you want. Some of the smaller counties do not have uh, this. Like if they're if they're too small to be bothered with, they have a typical random 
registration that you would kind of expect. Like someone comes and holds a Republican rally and then the next week you get a, more Republicans registering and then the next week somebody comes and holds a Democratic rally and you get more Democrats. And you see that in the smaller counties, but um, the, the bigger counties don't seem to have any correlation with that. They just follow seem to follow a set pattern. Well, the one on the right is actually concerning because it's identical. I mean, it literally, if you're, if you're not looking at this, you have three Republican, Democrat, um, Republican and Democrat, and then total with a third parties. And if you look at the shape of how they, their voting registration happens, it's identical. Am I missing within, something? Within, within some measure of, yeah. But but the yeah. shape is the same, right? It's, it's, it's it, by by the, in, without without even doing anything mathematically by eye, you can you can see that exactly right. And they would say it's a coincidence. And and this but and, and I have these two up here, but we could probably show you the same the same thing in any state that has been doing this type of evaluation. Okay, let's go to the next slide. And so the next slide here is um, just some examples of further investigation that we've been doing and things that we've been seeing. Um, the, the one that's on the right with the bars there, this is a group of people um, that uh, were pulled out of a registration database. And notice it's November 20, February 21, May 21, June 21, and August 20 of 21. And this is the number of times that these particular voters went in and changed their voter registration status, either their address or their party affiliation. And um, I, I'm not entirely sure that people do that that often. <laughs> if it's real people that are going in and making these changes. So, so these so, are people that changed their, so they were a Democrat, became unaffiliated, they were a Republican, came unaffiliated, or turned into a Dem, right? Yes, and we have one person, one person registering as a Democrat in November, and then registering as a Republican in August, and yes. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so we see a lot of that kind of shuffling. Um, so it's, it's, and it's concerning to me because of the following that's on the right-hand side. So this was a study that I did of precincts within a particular county. And what st stuck out to me is it looks like this kind of shuffling that yeah. we see in the, in the roles as these people are registering and unregistering and changing their party affiliation, changing their address to be in different precincts, all of this thing that looks very, very... Uh, systematic is stacking the precinct percentages prior to the election. And then once they get the pre the, the ratio that they want of of the party members, and like the first one, it was registered to 71.2% Democrat, and 1.1% Republican and 27.7% other third party kind of registration. Okay. When when the election happens, the stacking was done in the registered voters before. So then they vote the same percentage. We get 28% of the Repu Democrats, 28% of the Republicans, and then slightly less of the unaffiliateds. So if you were able to control that, if you were monitoring that and you per voted the same percentage, it shows the appearance of um, 
equal party turnout, equal party engagement, so to speak, and then you don't break the precinct by having like 100% of the Republicans turn out and, you know, 3% of the Democrats or, so, you know, Dr something Draza, like that. Draza, if I had, let's say that I had seven. Sorry, I don't actually know why I'm tired. Um, seven votes. Actually, I do. I've stayed up all night. Uh, seven votes for Trump, <laughs> three votes for Biden. Somebody get me a coffee. Seven votes for, for Trump, three votes for Biden. Um, if I inject a thousand votes on the either side, does that, is that what you're doing? I mean, in essence, are you making sure that you're equal um, parts Republicans and Democrats? Because I think people that, are asking the question. They're like, that's a different, that's a different sort of thing. Um, so okay. this, <clears throat> this particular County was, uh, the, a democratic stronghold in a Republican area so that this this would be where they would be wanting to have a huge democrat uh standing the the I, what i see more of of the what you're describing is in the more republican areas so the areas that are more strong strongly republican we're seeing this inflation on both sides because when you inflate both sides with with equal number of phantom voters it makes right. it it makes it look like it's closer to 50 50 because it dilutes the human portion where you can see the actual preference and and so you you equalize out and it makes it look like a red county would be coming more blue over time and so that and so uh i think dr shiva did a wonderful study where he showed that the greatest uh increase in Biden over Clinton between the 2016 and the 2020 election happened in the Republican precincts all over the country. And yeah. that, that doesn't make any sense based on what we saw, what, what we saw with the enthusiasm prior to the election and things like that. Okay. All right. So we got all that. Um, let's go to the next, next slide. Cause there's some great information. People were like, Oh, my head hurts and your head's going to hurt. And we've talked about this before. Look, we have to be, you know, you say you could beat a dead horse. We cannot let all the outside distractions take us away from the fact that the consequences of stolen elections are what we're dealing with in Ukraine. I'll say it. No one else will say it, but I'll say it. There you go. All right. What else are we looking at here? Okay. So this right here is the, um, this is, this is going to take some mental, mental math here for people to follow along with us. Sorry. I didn't have a chance to get all the slides organized uh, to the same same thing. Um, the first slide is El Paso County, Colorado, and it's the daily reporting that as some uh, cumulative of the votes that came in. Red is Republican, uh, the green is unaffiliated, and the blue is Democrat. So at first you would see that it's amazing that the unaffiliated uh, voters were sending in ballots at the same as the almost exactly the same as the Republicans, right? But the more odd thing is that when I take and I add all of those up, so if you added all of those up, that three hump and a flat spot would be the sum. It would just be a little steeper because you're adding them all together. But this three hump and a flat spot is the way the votes, the mail-in votes come in everywhere. You can see the exact same shape in the next, in the slide there that is Harris County, Texas. So the, um, the, it, it, it just is why, why would the votes come in in the same pattern over time in every single county when you stop and look at the way. How is that possible? Draza, how is that possible? 
we have an incredibly coordinated voting population. We all do the same thing. Matter of fact, we call you up and I'm like, <laughs> do me a favor, Mr. Producer, can you do me a favor? I need you to vote at 205 on November 2nd. Draza, right, and I need 206. You to, and I need you Yes, and I need you to be. I need, I need you to be registered as a libertarian at that time. Yes, please. Because I'm going to be registered as a Democrat, and Joe's going to be registered as a Republican, and we have to make sure it all works. Why'd out. you have to make me the Republican? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So the reason why that's important is because it follows the same pattern, right? Whenever you start seeing these patterns um, that are plausible but far too constructed, right. it, 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 it just says this is a point for further investigation to figure out why we see, why we see this. Well, look, let's look at the, the one. On, if you're in the audio version, you can't see this. You're going to have to go back and, and look at this. Um, but the, if you look at the, the first part of the Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, that line follows the same line up until that first drop, that first deviation, and then moves up. Almost identical, as if it was like equal, equal, equal. Am yes. I nuts? Am I crazy? Or is that actually what I'm no, looking at? No. And then for this county, this county, um, then they fall off because of the distribution of the registered Republicans being greater than Democrats, right? So you you would expect that, that there to be a lower number of Democrats as far as the numbers, right? Because of the overall registration in the county. But it, it, you're right. It is surprising that the same number of uh, registered Republicans and registered Democrats would mail in their votes on that in, during that first cycle. Yes. It's balanced. It's balanced. Perfect. Perfectly. Perfectly balanced. And, and, um, data Jeff did that particular slide and he did them for a bunch of uh, Colorado counties and they look. And, and by the way, it doesn't matter what County is. I, I've had a conversation with no, Jeff about this. No. Jeff's like, it doesn't matter if you're in Indiana or if you're in Colorado or you're, it, do, it doesn't matter. It is the same, Joe. It is the same. the same. And I go, well, what is the possibility of that happening? He goes, it's not possible. It's not. We're no. looking at the forensic image of fraud in, in, in form across the entire mm. country. Yeah, it All gets right. better. All okay. right, let's go to the next one. Next slide. Oh boy. Okay. So this is another thing that's, that's, um, that's questioned. Um, I don't know how much we can really count on this anymore. Cause as I'm seeing more and more in the computers from the CVRs, I, I have yep. less and less faith of what the news reporting was reporting to us. But this but was, this is, this is work from, um, Edison. Sorry, excuse me. This, this is, is Edison. This is, yes. Yes. This is from Jeff O'Donnell's website and he collected the data from Edison. Uh, that that was reported to us as the state totals. And then okay. he also got the data from the county. So this right here is Texas. And the purple uh, is the reports that came in that we were shown on the news. And this is like whenever the next update is coming in is one of those dots over time. However, in the same data, the only time that we see updates from the counties is the green. So there's the question to be asked, how did the news get all of the updates in between when the counties were not reporting until the green dots? Really? Yes. So did they, did they, I mean, they could have plotted the chart, you know, using some sort of logic. Or they knew how the vote was going to go. 
Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what they plot it with logic. I mean, again, I'm just trying to dig into it from a standpoint of, uh, you know, an architectural discussion, right? So if you engineer a system, what would cause it to be able to predict the next update? If you knew the final result and you had a standard model to approach the final result. Okay, so let me be the arbiter of reality here for you, though. What if, what if as you walk through those points, those green points, you were able to backfill based on the data set as it came in through Edison? So I, please, please repeat that. In other words, let's hypothetically say that they, you go forward, you go backwards. You have the green point, which is, all right, here's the update, and it filled in all the timestamps downstream to the other dot. I, I understand that, but each one of those dots on the purple line was mm -hmm. reported to the news at that time, and that's what showed up on your TV screen. Okay. So I'm trying to take out the possibility of them being able to go backwards. Okay. Right? So they yes. couldn't have gone backwards. Correct. Unless you had a time machine, I guess, and then you probably could. You could go backwards with a time machine. Correct. Okay. I need one of those. A time machine? Yeah, so I can get sleep occasionally. All right, we got to do one more read here um, for one of our uh, partners. And I want to do this because uh, Air Medcare Network has been a, a proud sponsor of the show for over a year. And um, if you live in a rural area, hard to reach by road, um, you're out hiking um, or you're outdoors, you drive a lot. Um, insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight should something ever happen to you. We hope, it, we pray it doesn't. But this is fire insurance. But with Air Medcare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. And if you use the promo code DAILY, after you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash DAILY with promo code DAILY, you'll receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I told you before that I have signed up for it, and um, I even went with the program where they'll fly you back, they'll fly you back home as well um, if, and uh, so that your family is not put in any sort of... Uh, financial risk. Okay, so let's go back to this slide deck. I'm really just uh, I, let, let's let's walk through this because what you're basically saying is that it's impossible for this information to come through because the counties weren't even reporting that information, which means they were just making up the data. Correct, and that that second the second purple line there. Yeah. Uh, that's where the Edison Zero for Texas happened. And it's just really surprising to me that the counties started reporting at the same time each of the updates went to the news agencies after the Edison Zero, but not before. So then after that, those were all the updates before. Now, we're positive that those updates did not happen inside of Edison from the <coughs> county level during those time frames. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you, we've been asking a lot of questions. We've been asking a lot of people, and there's an awful lot of uh, states, precincts, counties that say they don't know how Edison gets their data. Okay. Well, and again, that gets, that gets back to the transparency part. We, we, you know, we know mathematically that it's not possible for this to happen, but let's go on to the next slide and just, just kind of walk through this. I want to get through all of this. Okay. Alright, so this is just an example of um, basic law of large numbers. Okay, you can go to Wikipedia, you can go anywhere, and you can see, so this is an average dice roll. So if we take and we roll a dice and we keep rolling it, right, there's a mathematical function that, that says this is how we should 
settle in on what our average is. So this right here is a fair die that we would roll it, roll it, roll it. And you'd see getting, you know, at the beginning, you'd get some deviation. But over time, it it settles into that three and a half, right? Because we're yeah. going to get an equal number of one through six. Right. If you had a weighted die, say we put, you know, the some weight in that one, right? So we could roll snake eyes more often, or we put the weight in the one so that it would show up on the six, that right. you would see you would see this shift, right? You would see it sh this line shift up and down towards what was being favored by the weight. So right. it's not really important that it's in the middle. It's, it's that whatever is gonna be the average in a large data set, you just settle kind of into this as you continue voting. Now, we should be able to see this effect if we're getting mail-in votes and the mail-in votes are coming from everywhere over time, that you should be able to see this same thing happen at the ratio of what the average population of that county is thinking, right? Okay. Um, so I, I provided a GIF file because a wonderful statistician that I'm working with in Utah named Cindy Butler, she's been doing some statistical work on the Pima County votes, and Pima County was almost all um, almost all mail-in. And so what she did is she took the Pima County votes and she put them back into a bucket and drew them out randomly again and again, like they were being remailed in. Right. Okay. Yeah. And because because she's an amazing statistician, she actually did it uh, a thousand times, and she added in different amounts of chaos into her system each time that she did it. So she plotted me a, a, a GIF, an animated GIF, so that we could see the effects. She did this a thousand times, and then she gave me this animation here. The thousand times that she did it looks like what we see on the one and the two when we're able to see this. Um, and then the number three on this is how the votes actually came in in Pima County. So a random shuffle of the votes a thousand times look exactly like the random shuffle in uh, shuffle one and shuffle two, but the way that the votes actually came in, this is the Biden to Trump, Biden to Trump ratio. So, but you can see that it's almost being targeted linearly over time so that as the cumulative number of votes get bigger, we get the next number of votes added in so that even though we have a bigger cumulative, the next vote still provides the right ratio to keep the, the cumulative going in a linear manner towards a final set point. Okay, so what's the possibility of that happening? She 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 kept going to see if she could get anything that would approximate this in her simulations, and she got up to a thousand and could never get anything to actually approximate this in a random in a random generation. So the possibility of this happening is near impossible. Exceptionally small. Exceptionally small. Give us a number. Exceptionally small. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I really can't. I mean, it's, ex it's, we're talking exceptionally, ex exponentially small. Yes. Okay. So exponentially, give me an exponential number that you're talking I about. I, I don't, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking super, super, super small percentage that this was actually happened in Pima County. When you add in the fact that this also happened in Mesa County and this also happened in every other County we look at. So it's it impossible. impossible. Yes. It's impossible. It's not improbable. It's impossible. It, this, this this happened almost consistently 
in the counties that we're looking at to some degree. Yes. Okay. I know people's heads are exploding and it's important your heads explode. Let's go back to the slide deck, please. Mr. Producer. Okay. Go to the next one. So go past that one and go past this one. I had to send in the gift because my PDF didn't keep that anime. So now okay. we're going back. I know you like this slide. So this right here, not only do we see the same shape, right? But now that I've shown you that video, you can see the same process where it drops down and then it does that slide up to its set point, which really shouldn't be happening in a randomly generated set. And this same process, we see it here. This is the 2020 Colorado presidential Trump to Biden race and the 2021 California recall election. And yet they're still doing the same thing that we see in the Pima County. As a matter of fact, at the same time intervals. Well, they're normalized. It was this, there, were, there were fewer, because of the population, there were fewer reports in the Colorado race than there were in the California race. Okay. So I normalized them, but from zero from zero to one hundred percent, as opposed to the actual numbers. But once you normalize it to zero to one hundred percent, you see the you see the correlation pretty easily. Okay. All right. And now most people are like, okay, I don't really understand what you just said. I do understand what you just said, um, but I I think that you, you if you're using reporting intervals time, you should not follow right, the same because- line. For, yeah, for, for this particular data from a statewide perspective, all we had was the what came across the news. Okay. And so the reporting interval was every single time the news updated, you know, our next your next reports coming in kind of thing while you're watching the election results. Right. And then it comes in. So that was what we call the reporting interval. Okay. And that and so that's what we we're plotting here. Okay. Go to the next one. So we're getting when when you see this when you have a chance to drill down into this. So um, I think this one's probably out of order, but we'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, we we've been getting we've been requesting a lot of our grassroots organizations in their own um, counties have been asking for what's called the cast vote record. This is a report that's generated by the machines that allows us to see the votes as they were counted, which is similar to having. Uh, image uh, you know insight into the database of how the how the votes came in one at a time or a batch at a time um and now what what we see here is i i said i i filtered this data it comes in all jumbled together but i sorted it by tabulator to see what see if we could see what was going on with each tabulator okay um tabulators one two three four and six five five either wasn't users missing but uh, one, one, two, three, four, and six are our mail-in votes. Okay, and so that's the just, lines on the bottom that, that yeah, run almost in the same, I mean, almost identical. Yes. So although we would we would say that if we were getting mail-in votes and we were getting it from everywhere around, you know, all the different precincts that you would expect for the tabulators to be getting kind of the same the same numbers. And that's fine. The problem is, is that they walk a coordinated line constantly increasing their ratio from beginning at 50 percent, which means it's a two to one Biden to Trump okay. count up to the end point where on the last day of counting, we're now counting at a one to one. So why, why would we be, why would we sort the votes 
so that each tabulator would have that constantly coordinated walk. Um, the next slide over shows you the effect of this on the overall. So the blue line is the overall ratio for the county overall. The green okay. line is what the mail-in tabulators were contributing to that. Yeah, so, so you can see the mail-in tabulators at the beginning are hugely Biden favoring, and yet still the ratio of the total vote is up to like 1.6 to 1. That leads you to believe that the in-person vote that was being counted in at the same time had a much higher preference right. than, than, than what we're seeing is the 1.6 to 1 being brought down by the 2 to 1 that's seen in the mail-in votes. And then as we go through over time, as we have less and less of the in-person votes to count, then you can see they kind of come together and the final value is just like driven to its final set point by the ratio that's being produced by the mail and by the mail and tabulators. Like kind of like kind of like when you have bumper rails and you're bowling and they, it can't go in the gutter, but it's got to roll down that line. Wow. OK, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> Running a little bit over, but uh, I think everyone will understand. Okay, so this right here, um, we did we did some work of the people in Florida has been amazing and they've been getting us a lot of the cast vote records. So um, I did a little bit of a study on some of the ones so everybody can see what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So this is an example of what we get as a cast vote record. You can see under the cast vote record column, it's a sequential number. And that just is what every, every, just one after the other, every single ballot that was scanned and put in the database. And then sometimes when we're lucky, they also provide us the precinct. And then sometimes if we're really lucky, they give us the tabulator number. And then we see the actual votes that came in. Now this is, this might look a little weird, but it's actually fine because um, the very, you, like for the very first line, you've got to vote for president. You've got to vote for the representative in Congress District 4. You have a blank in 6, which is appropriate because if you live in the area for District 4, you would not get to vote in, in District, District 6. 6. That's fine, okay. right? And then the blank, the blank lines are fine because this ballot happened to be double-sided. Okay. So the front side is one that would have the president's votes. The ones that are blank here, if we were able to see all the columns over to the right, you'd see that they had the votes for the um, uh, amendments, the, the uh, Florida Florida um, constitutional amendments that they were okay. voting on during this election. So this right. is this is fine, but this is how you can see. Um, if you look at the lines down you can see where we have undervotes in certain races undervote means that they chose not to respond in that race okay so this is just kind of like what we're dealing with and then i sorted the data and i started plugging oh one other thing that we've, we're finding that's uh, problematic occasionally if I, I included my my excel numbers on the on and the as the black numbers there and my excel numbers as i go down the list are smaller than my cast vote records which means that we're losing some of the numbers in the cast vote as we go along okay let's go to the next one hey guys sorry to interrupt i just got to read this real quick uh, we have a really exciting new sponsor medical costs have absolutely bankrupt uh, many many families Two hundred fifty thousand people with health insurance went bankrupt just last year because of medical costs and there's zero guarantee that the insurance companies and hospitals have any plan to stop increasing their prices uh, these high costs are scaring people away from pursuing their dreams, from becoming entrepreneurs, taking time with their family, uh, and it's simply because of the high cost of health insurance. But our sponsor today, CrowdHealth, 
they allow you to use the power of the community to actually make healthcare affordable. The problem with insurance is you pay huge premiums and then you also have high deductibles. So that means that on top of thousands you pay for your current plan, you end up paying thousands more before insurance pays anything in the first place. So one in six claims are denied by healthcare.gov plans, and it's no wonder that so many people choose to take the chance without insurance, uh, putting them and their families at risk in case something does happen. CrowdHealth gives you a new way to pay for healthcare. There's no doctor networks, no huge premiums, no high deductibles. There's no surprises. How it works is you pay one low monthly total to fund your account, and then you get access to the CrowdHealth community. For most people, this is $200 or less every month. It's very affordable. So 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the healthcare costs of the community. You pay the first 500 of a health event, and the rest gets submitted to the CrowdHealth community, and the members then fund it for you. Unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. Uh, so don't let healthcare costs stand between you and your future. Join CrowdHealth today. Right now, you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. That's almost 50% off the normal price, and it's a lot less than a high-deductible healthcare plan. So go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code FREEDOM, and get this amazing deal today. Uh, make sure that you and your family are protected. Go ahead, guys. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah, so this is what, when I took that data and I analyzed it, what I did is I, is I calculated my cumulative values for Trump and Biden, just like we'd been doing from the uh, data that was available. And, uh, and so this, uh, I don't know if I said this, but the cast vote record comes directly from the machine. Okay, so this okay. is produced by the election, by, so by the, um, the EMS, the election management system within a particular county. So there's no news, there's no Edison, there's no Secretary of State, nothing in between this data and the data that was actually counted, okay? So what's concerning about this to me is that we have um, the beginning, which looks like we're getting a vote count coming in from each precinct. Oh, forgive me. The top, the top uh, curve is the is the rate, vote ratio over time of Trump votes to Biden votes. Okay. So I'm only looking at this single race here, even though you can look at each individual race on there to see what their statistics were. The second one was a plot of those votes and which precinct they came from. Okay. Okay. So what's surprising about this is that we have the 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 ones at the beginning that kind of look like Morse code. That is, um, we ha I, I have to get confirmation of this, but my assumption at this point in time is that was our in-person uh, summary from each of the individual precincts, why it looks like that. They're, all those precincts are grouped together from each individual precinct. And then we start counting the mail-in votes that came in from all over the county and they just counted them as they arrived. Okay, is that, is that every, I, I mean, do. that's a, yeah. you follow that? Okay. I, I do so, follow, but I need you to explain it and dumb it down for people because I'm reading some of the comments. And okay, people are like, so, okay. So, so what we have what we have here is we have our in-person votes coming in that produce the ratio of votes directly above it. Okay. On the line. Okay. So all of our mail-in votes in St. John County is starting out with a 4.5 to 1 Trump to Biden ratio. Okay. And then as we get more precincts it goes down and down, which means that our precincts had to report in order of highest Trump to lowest Trump in order to get that shape. In, in other words, okay, now let's go back to, so the, the random, the, the precincts that came in said that one had a higher rate, it's 80% Trump to Biden ratio in precinct one. 
By the time you get to precinct 20, it's now 20% Biden or Trump to Biden ratio. That's kind of what we're seeing here. We're seeing a gradual decline. So the only way you could get that is if you started with the highest Trump to Biden ratio and the precincts chose to report in order of their ratio to drive it down from a 4.5 to 1 to a 2.5 to 1. Now, the 2.5 to 1 seems to be what I would call our set point. Uh, but if you okay. didn't if you didn't assume that there was fraud going on or not necessarily fraud, but manipulation of the votes going on okay. that um, you would say that that was our county average, like our law. Of, now, our law of large numbers didn't didn't show us this. But, you know, if, if we were, this would be where our law of large numbers would would show that average opinion of the population coming in at 2.5 to 1. The point of concern comes in at that area from 300,000 to 350,000. So we, right. have count, we have counted 300,000 votes. And then we drop from a 2.5 to 1 ratio of Trump to Biden votes to a 1.7 Trump to Biden vote ratio in the last 50,000. Now, that's you, you have a large number of votes at that time, so it would be harder to move the aggregate average than move the average at the front because we have so many votes that have come in to give you that average. Okay. And People keep saying, well, oh, that's when a that's when a Democratic stronghold reported or things like that. But if you look at the precincts underneath it, it's absolutely the same distribution as all the votes before with the same equal number of those 50,000 votes coming from each and every single precinct, probably even more almost artificially distributed among each and every precinct. Okay, so this is where when I originally said you could suspend ballots and then bring those phantom ballots in because they're already either in the system or in the tabulation or the EMS, they're already there, right? So as you do that, you're you're able to take those ballots and, I mean, for lack of a better term, and, and actually the more I sit here and think about it, the more I feel like there's an upstream, something upstream had to be involved. You could or you could be getting an update of who has voted, assume how they're going to be voting, and then request that more phantom voter mail-in ballots be supplied. Okay. The, uh, I mean, that's another possibility. You could have electronic manipulation. You could have manual manipulation. But to me, this looks like manipulation. Draza, let me just, let me just clarify. We're going to go through the, the other slides. We'll probably go through them a little bit faster. We'll put the slides up, and we'll have you back on. I do want to get you and Jeff O'Donnell back on at the same time, but... <laughs> I want to I ask you a question based on what we've just so, seen so far. Is it mathematically possible that the elections were not stolen? I, based on everything that I've seen from the voter roll structure to the voter roll um, adjustments to the registration files to the to, to, to the way that the votes are being shown on the cast vote records, I see nothing there that looks organic. Okay, great. So where's the fraud? Um, in the voter rolls where you staff, you, you stuff people that- You'd have to do that uh, in order to make convinced. the machines work. You have to do that. You have where, to do that. Where's the fraud? You have to have mail-in voters so that you can actually vote those people. 
Where's the because fraud? if you have phantom voters, then you have to be able to uh, get them to be able to vote. And if you have to provide a corporeal person at the voting location, you, you, it doesn't matter how many fake voters you have, that becomes very restrictive. But by mail, this can be exploited immensely. And then the hiding of this structure within the machines by the ability to manipulate the, the it, it's, it's a coordination of all three steps that the, the early voting to allow for um, assessment and manipulation of what the humans are saying, the having the, the fake voters on the roll to be able to exploit those through uh, the mail-in voting, and then the machines to make it look more normal. Where's the fraud? All of those places. Yeah, but in what? Is it in the machines or is it someone walking around just stuffing ballots? All of it. That's a sad, that's a sad thing. I was hoping, or I was theorizing that this could be done by just the machines. Mm -hmm. And if I had code written ac accordingly, it would be able to manipulate the votes and possibly flip votes and possibly do these things. But we're getting too much uh, that shows that the hand counts match when they go back and count the paper. Well, the hand so counts match, but only, well, hold on a second, time out, time, 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 time. They only matched after a five-month window, and every one of the boxes no. in Maricopa County were opened. You are you are exactly right. You are exactly right. But we're getting we're getting too much of that, and then we've got the videos that are coming out of those two the, from the two thousand mules that broke my heart to show yeah. that there would be that many people that would be driving around stuffing the ballot. So it's it was a bigger organization than I was hoping it would have been. Well, it, it's a, a bigger organization, but even if you stuff the ballots. Even if you stuff ballot boxes, that has to happen because you'd have to have small cons, big cons, small con, big con. Right. Right. The small cons of the stuffing the ballot boxes. Yeah, you could adversely affect an election. You could take DA's races, things like that. But if we really dig down into this, in order to steal presidential elections, you'd have to make it happen in the machines. And you'd have to have a coordinated effort. In my opinion, you'd have a coordinated effort with the intelligence community that was stealing those elections as well. Without the intelligence community, because they are very bright. There are some really bright people in the intelligence community. I don't see this all happening without them being involved. I just don't. I, 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 I don't know the total totality. Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing data. And yeah. I don't want to speak on anything that I don't know about. But what I do know about from the data that I've been able to analyze and coordinate it with reports of other things that we see, it has to be a coordinated effort of all of these things to some extent in order to for us to see what we're seeing. And that that that's kind of important to make it work because if you just had one of these things going on, it would be too easy to find. And then you could take that one thing out. But it's, it's like the, they say, the death by a thousand paper cuts. The minute you find one thing, you haven't rooted out enough to take out the whole. <sighs> okay, let's go back to the slides. We've got a, about, I think, five or six more slides left. And I'm sorry I'm going over, guys, but, um, you know, and somebody just said we needed to have a Joe Rogan-style three-hour talk with you. And I think that's true. I think we have to sit down. And, Mr. Producer, let's actually do that where we have a roundtable. We get you know, three or four people on here and we just walk through what's the debate look like and talk through all of this stuff. I have my opinion of things based on the system architecture. You know, Draza has her opinions based on the math and, and what the data is saying. Um, and then you start looking at the data and you start stacking things on top of each other. It becomes very difficult to ignore. Um, so let's go to the all next right. slide. 
So, so the next slide is this exact same thing, except I printed, plotted a little differently. Um, this was the total percentage of the votes that each candidate had at any particular time. So, um, when when we look at um, so so we so both both get to a hundred percent of their vote, but you can see that Trump had more of his vote when we get to this flat spot. Now, this flat spot is flat while we counted all of those votes from 250,000 to 300,000 because that was the backside of the votes that we counted from 300,000 to 350,000. The backside had no presidential votes, so that rate, this race remained flat. But the, you can see the, the jump that Biden votes takes during that 300,000. So I, I theorized, um, let's, let's just say that up to the front of that flat spot was where all of our real votes were. Okay. And that the, um, the ones from, uh, 300,000 to 350,000 were bonus votes that showed up. And so if you go to the next slide, so this was the, this was sorting the exact same data, but assuming that a hundred percent was that flat spot. What this shows me is that Trump's votes and Biden's votes were added linearly over this count. They both got the same percentage of their vote for every 50,000, except until we get to 300,000. And then you can see that Biden received almost the equal number of votes from 300,000 to 350,000 as he had received from zero to 300,000 math you would have to do that in order to figure out what the set point is and get to the set point and then adjust it to a new set point <sighs> okay yeah it's it's scary so I mean, this looks, very, this looks very constructed this looks very constructed and i i'm doing an example of this one but we could pick almost any other county and show you this to some degree this is what we're seeing in the smaller counties. Um, and then um, I think the next slide is one of the larger counties. Next slide. So this is Duval County. Um, this is what we're seeing in some of the larger counties. And this is Jacksonville. So what we see here is pretty amazing. And this is one of the things that led me to the understanding that they're shuffling, the sh they're, sh they're recreating the database. Um, now, uh, when Jeff O'Donnell did the evaluation of the Mesa County database, he found that they had replicated the database and recounted some of the votes. Yeah. Like, uh, like a do-over, right? Yeah. And so when I saw this, my theory as to why that do-over has to exist is that they reshuffle the votes to put everybody in the right place to make it not look like the ballot stuffing that we saw in the smaller counties. So now we take the ballot stuffing that would have come in at the end and we push it to the front and then it looks like it was always there. So this shows me this particular, the, the CVR by precinct shows me why that would be because here we have all of our, um, all of our votes coming in that are the in-person votes from the precinct. But apparently the people in Duval County sat and did nothing until precinct 101 reported and then did nothing until precinct 102 reported all the way till they got to the highest number precinct. And only after they got that, did they start counting the mail-in votes. So this makes absolutely no sense from a, from a process perspective of how you would expect this to be recorded in the CVR. 
Um, and then what we see here is we see that after the in-person votes are counted, if you look at the ratio, the purple line above that, as we start counting the mail-in votes, that's like the average of the whole county, we kind of stay at the same ratio that we had when we had all the in-person votes till we start getting perfectly linear dives followed by a slow glide until we get just under that 100% that's a one-to-one -one vote, Biden wins and we stop counting. Wow. Okay. And then if you go to the next slide, the next slide is uh, Marion County. And this is a, a Ocala, it's a very Republican area in Florida. You see the exact same effect. Well, they were they were better. I, I'm bad at counting backwards or saying the alphabet backwards. It's easier to do it the front way. But in Marion County, they waited until the very last precinct came in, which was 4771. And then they waited until the next one, the next smallest, next smallest, till they got down to all the way to precinct one. Uh, then they started counting the mail-ins and, and had a very similar effect. Okay, so how could this happen? I, 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 my, my theory, my working theory is that um, they, they recreate the database every time they get to the point that in order to receive the mail-in votes that will give you the, the, the set point that you want, it will look like ballot stuffing at the end. So if 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 we're if we're getting to the point that we're getting more and more Trump votes coming in, we've 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 set up our database. We know how how we expect it to go based on our previous analytics, and now we start getting more and more of the votes for the person that we don't want to win. We have to dump the database and take some of the votes for the for the uh, candidate we want to win and push them forward, kind of like squeezing the tube of toothpaste so that all the yeah. toothpaste goes towards the front side. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's like rewriting history because now the votes that came in at the end that would look like ballot stuffing like we see in the smaller counties like St. John's, now that's hidden in the front side. And so it looks like it was always there. Again, the chances of this happening? Mm, I don't see it. I don't see it being random. Okay. Next slide. So this is something that we're seeing time and time again. I've called these the phases of what we see. Uh, the phase one is where we start adding our, our votes in. And then phase two is where we get this adjustment uh, towards the, this is the phase two is where I think they're squeezing the, the unpopular candidate or unpopular uh, vote forward. Notice that, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the Trump-Biden vote. But notice we still see the shape in every single race. The one on the bottom is Hillsborough County, Florida, Precinct 105 for the Constitutional Amendment 104. This is one of the ones that was on the back side of the ballots. And you can still see these same things. So we get this um, Dr. Dougherty that I work with, who's amazing and brilliant. Um, he's called Phase 2, the Biden boost, but that's <laughs> where, where we push those votes. And then Phase 3 is like a stabilization. Phase 4 is a linear you can always see the phase four in these curves because it's an absolute linear. It's where everything goes like on a slope that's like really, really flat to a set point. And then if we hit the set point, 
we kind of go flat and we stay there kind of oscillating around the set point like you can see in these two examples in cases like mesa county and things like that we never got to the set point so it would continue to have a, that phase four rise again tell me what the possibility of this actually happening is <laughs> Organically, I don't see it happening. I mean, you're, you're I talking about, by the way, this is data points in different counties and different states, and we're looking at the probabilities of this happening across the entire nation. So we, we, yeah. we know that there's a possibility of winning the lottery, but this would be like winning the lottery every three minutes of your life for the rest <laughs> of your life and you living to be 140. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's fair. In That's every fair. precinct. In every precinct. That's fair. Okay, let's go to the next slide, please. So just to show you, this is some uh, simulation work that I did. So the, the stuff that's on the right is just some Excel simulation that I did. And what I did to produce those is I did a random number generator. Um, I can provide you the code that I use. It's real simple Excel uh, using a random number, rounding it to zero decimal places. So we have integer values, which is what we should have for an election, right? Each vote should be a, okay. a whole number. And then I did a random vote with a 1.25% preference for Trump and generated 72 points. And then I ballot stuffed at a five to one ratio of Biden to Trump for the last 30 some to take me to 100 votes. So uh, the, the first one shows as those votes arrived, you can see just the jagged kind of, you know, percentage. It's just random. And then it slowly settles into a final set, final set point like we'd expect the law of laws and num large numbers to say. And then when I get past my 72 votes that were random and you start seeing that where I was ballot stuffing with uh, the five to one votes, you can see how it just slides down like the linear approach that we were seeing in the other in in the other races. So you can compare that as arrived ratio uh, to the uh, what we see what we saw in the to the right there in uh, St. John's County, Florida, and you can kind of see the the similarity. Um, the right side uh, shows the effect of the votes, the actual votes as they were counted for each of the candidates. And you can see how this, how that angle just shifts, that it goes flat for Trump and kind of, you know, takes off for Biden. That would be indicative. That's our F curve, right? That's indicative yeah. of the, the ballot stuffing event. Now, the next one down where it's as counted, um, this may be a little complicated to explain, but I, I rewrote history and I took my same 72 votes that I had calculated, but I put a space every third. So I went one, two, space. Two, and then, you know, three, four space, and then five, six space. In those spaces, I took the stuffed ballots, the five to one, and put them in, interweaving them with my votes as if I was rewriting, reshuffling re my database. And so my as counted with those votes shuffled in takes on a much different shape and looks like it was always there and is very similar to what we see in some of the areas, like the one to the right is Multnomah County, Portland, Oregon, then that you can see that that's what that vote came in looking like, and it looks very similar to my shuffled database, kind of. Again, I'm going to ask you the question, because I keep asking it to you, it's almost like a court of law. What's the possibility of this happening if you just were looking at this randomized data? I, I I cannot see these showing up like this, knowing how I constructed them in the simulation. Yeah, knowing that I, I constructed them in the simulation this way. 
And okay. then the, the next one, the next one is another simulation that I did that's a little bit uh, more holistic, I guess, to show you the effect. So what I did here is I did uh, nine batches of votes. So my I was modeling my before copy database and my after copy database. Okay. And so um, my so as counted, the first batch was ten votes, and then the next one was ten, the next one was ten, thirteen, twelve, ten, nine, ten, and then I ballot stuffed fifty at the end. Um, so you can see that my first vote of 10 had eight Republican votes, two Democrat votes and so on until we get down to the end and we have five votes for the Republican and 45 votes for the Democrat. Okay. So when you look at the total vote count, this produces the green line where you can see the votes are coming in 10 at a time, 10 at a time around that area. Suddenly with the 50 coming in at the end, which makes that angle go up on the green line in the total vote count. Um, the the uh, before the shuffle lines then are shown. The purple line is my ratio that you can see the ratio like settling into an average value and then doing that drop that we Mr. saw. Mr. Producer, in. move it over if you would please, so we can see the drop. And if you're on the audio version, yeah. it'd be worth going back and looking at um, these slides so you can understand it. Yeah, and then you can see with the with the actual count. For each of the candidates, you can see the red line with it being like consistent over time and the blue where we get that ballot stuffing event where you can see that just enough was stuffed at the end to give the blue line the win, right? Now, when I shuffle those same votes, if you can see up at the top again, the cumulative total is still 134. I didn't do anything other than shuffle the votes. And when I shuffled the votes, now, instead of it going 10, 10, 10, now I've got 10, 19, 22, because I've pushed those stuff ballots forward. But when I shuffled my database to rewrite history, and those votes were there all along. So now you can see in the vote count after that shuffle, the purple line starts high, drops down to the expected value, and the Democrat candidate was winning all along. What's your problem? I'm, I'm, uh, so, so this is where people need to understand that the machines are very dangerous because you can hide a lot of things in the machines. You, actually, you can hide everything in the machines. You really can. And if you write the code the right way, you would never see it. It would look, and, and by the way, we're talking about 150 million people voting and probably 25 to 40 million people that didn't vote that they just created out of nowhere. And you'd say, well, Joe, they didn't create they didn't create 40 million votes. And I would say, actually, they did. <laughs> and, and frankly, the, the way the math works, Draza, they'd have to create ballots for both sides in order to make some of this work. Correct. Right? Correct. So it's not Correct. like manufacturing ballots just for Biden. In order Correct. to make this, in order, in order to actually implement the steal, you would have to implement the steal on both sides. And then the decision could be made very easily to add in the ballots for the people that you want to win. Correct. Because if I was, if I wanted to, if I, okay, so if I'm a bad guy, right? So if I'm a bad guy and I'm design, I'm the one that's going to design this, right? Right. I need to have enough ballots on both sides for my phantom voter to guarantee my outcome ratio. Because otherwise, if I was just stuffing ballots for the person I want to win, I would be reliant on the humans to come in and do what I predict them to do, which is never a good idea, right? Right. Um, and they would have to come in and do and, and do exactly the amount of voting that I was 
wanting them to do. And so if um, if the humans came out and crossed party lines or were disappointed and they didn't come out to vote at all, my numbers would be all off. So I actually have to stuff on both sides to the ratio I want in order to provide the outcome that I want and overwhelm the system with the votes that I'm controlling and have just fine tuning by the actual humans that are voting. Okay. That would be that would be my optimal situation if I was right. if I was the one designing the cheat. All right. Let's go to the next slide. We're, I think we're, that, that, was, that might that be is all. the last slide. Yeah. You made it through the whole thing. I'm so proud of you. You you know I I am I'm amazed. I'm uh, We have so much information coming out of Wisconsin. Stuff that Tim uh, uh, Ramthan has uncovered. You know, there's a there's something happening tomorrow. Ivan just sent me a, a text message talking about what's happening in um, in uh, Madison. There's actually a, a hearing tomorrow at 10 a.m. Fraud investigation hearing tomorrow at 10 a.m. in room 412 East and is chaired by Rep. Uh, Branchin Branchin. Yes. And that's in Wisconsin. And so th there's there's some heat that's still starting to, to kind of develop, right? There's some stuff that's still starting to kind of push itself down downstream. All over. Um, and and but at the same time we're being told there's nothing happening. Everything's I mean, if you look at the mainstream media, there's no talk of election fraud, there's no talk of COVID, there's no talk of anything other than uh, what I equi you know, equate the uh, the, you know, the everyone puts a black box on their on their uh, uh, social media saying that they support BLM. Now the same thing can be said for Ukraine. Now I, I love the Ukrainian people. I love the Russian people. I was I was late today, so just just so you guys know, because I was with one of my friends who was born in Ukraine, is uh, spent the last twelve years before he came to the United States in 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 Russia, and having a very complex conversation so I can understand the dynamics. Uh, behind that area, but we're not talking about this stuff. We don't get to see it anymore because big tech and media have literally uh, converged again. Only this time, it's converged on something where you're not allowed to question it. If you don't support the Ukrainian people, you're bad. And and so we 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 can't get distracted. In my opinion, Draza, we can't get distracted by all that. We still have to focus on the fact that the reason why we're dealing what we're dealing with across the world, the strife across the world, has a lot to do with the fact that elections have been stolen. This is a consequence of that. So making sure that we focus in on election theft. Right. What are your chances? What do you think? What do you think the chances are that, uh, that uh, the elections were stolen in all 50 states? <laughs> Pretty high. Pretty high. Um, uh, I, I, I have not, I've been very distraught um, as I've learned more and more about doing, you know, simulations and using your, you know, precinct preferences and your county preferences to do randomized um, selections of how you, or randomized uh, simulations of how you think the election should go. And I'm, I'm very distraught that I, I don't have a good honor student to show you that did it like simulations would expect it to happen anywhere that I've seen so far. 
All right. Well, I'll give you the last word. I know we ran over. I do want to thank you for coming in. I got a lot of questions that came up that I'm going to have. I've, I've actually been taking notes um, because there's some other information that came out of Colorado that I want to talk to you about in another area that uh, is looking into the election fraud related to canvassing efforts that we've had to keep under wraps. So um, why do you keep fighting, Draza? Keep Tell us, why do you keep fighting? <laughs> because I have an overdeveloped sense of fair play. And, and I, I love the American people, and I don't think it's fair that this has been done to them. And I have people from grassroots organizations all over the country that are fighting this, and they're seeking myself and and people like me that are willing to help with analytics or people that are developing tools for them and they're continuing to fight. And so there's plenty of work still to be done for those of us that want to keep, keep helping in this manner. All right. Well, God bless you. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, Draza you Smith, well. one heck of Thank a Patriot. You. Thanks Draza. So, uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been looking into election fraud since November of 2020. It has been a year and two months, year and three months, a little bit longer than that. Um, I'm tired of the bull. Oh, sorry, Mr. Producer. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the fact that we can't have an opinion other than the one that they give us. I'm sick of the fact that they can walk around lying about us. I'm sick of the fact that the, the mainstream media gets to literally parrot something and not even become, there's no curiosity to what happened in the election. And here you have the actual math and you'd say, oh, I can explain it away. No, you won't even try to explain it away. So I won't, I won't do 20,000, I'll do 50,000. I have a $50,000 reward if you can come debate me on election fraud and you can win the argument. 50 grand. Come on. Be the leftist that steps up. Be the leftist to step up and tell me that, you know, so I can ask questions. I'll ask simple questions, actually. This, I, w I don't want to make this too difficult. You know, I'm not that bright. You know, I ran a tech company. It's a pretty big tech company in its day. Still is. Just not mine anymore. But let <laughs> I'm, I'm not that bright. Let's simplify it. Why did you fight every single tooth and nail along the way to hide information from the American people? We could talk about Dominion, Smartmatic, Runbeck, ESNS. Why is it that the FBI infiltrated January 6th and pushed people to go into the Capitol? Why is it that, that BLM people can get out on the streets and people that went to have a redress of grievances are rotting in jail? Why is it that you can be evil to your own people? And then tell us some, some propaganda that we have to stand up for the place that was basically the breeding ground for Biden and Trump, or excuse me, excuse me, Biden, Clintons, the Obamas, the Soroses of the world. And you want to sit here and tell me that I have to support it without asking any questions. That by itself to me is suspect. And then when I do, you attack my company, you attack me personally. You have people come to my house. The death threats by punk pieces of trash. Yeah. That was yesterday. That was this morning. That was this afternoon. All because you think that I should not have an opinion. Not entitled to an opinion. That is communist, communism just 
flat out communist. That's, that is what Nazis did back in the 1940s. And that's what we plan on. That's what they plan on trying to usher into the United States. Create chaos. There's opportunity in chaos. The elections being stolen in 2020 created what we are dealing with today. They didn't realize that people in this country feel oppressed. They feel like there's no hope. There's no opportunity. They can feel the pinch of these radical leftists. They can feel it. The bullying, the cyber bullying and the harassment. They can feel it. I mean, literally, it's so thick you can't see through it. And that's why they're standing up and voting for someone that frankly cares about them, Donald J. Trump. And so you had to cheat and steal and ridicule and go after like the evil that you represent. And yet there's just plenty of people like me that keep standing up, plenty of people like Draza, like Jeff, like Sean Smith. And all the rhinos and the radical left can do is lie and say, nothing to see here. They're not curious. They don't want to see this, this, this data. They don't want to see it. Nope, they'd rather create a war. Well, here we are. We have Russia right now, Russia, in battle-ready nuclear go. That's right now. Russia is literally tubed. They have tubed nuclear weapons. That means they're ready to go. We're at, at the, one of the highest threat levels we've been since the early 1960s when we had the Cuba Missile Crisis in the United States. You have a playground in, in Ukraine that is being protected by George Soros and Biden and Hunter Biden and all of these people, and they're telling us this story. And over and over and over again, we're like, that, that's, that's the picture they used in 2017. That's a picture that they used in some other country. They, I mean, they're, they're just reproducing stuff in the media that's just not true because most people are just stupid. Or they just believe it. Now, am I telling you that civilians died? No. But here's what I'm going to tell you. When, when we go back to the causation, the correlation of things that are happening in this country and around the world, you can trace it all the way back to the radical evil that has stolen the voice of not just Americans, but other people in other countries. And so if, if, you, if you think it's not happening, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know. I, I ask I, over and over again. These are, these are sane people. There's nothing, no insanity to what people are thinking. They're not insane. All they want is life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That's it. And the radical left attacks them, calls them racists and homophobes and all this other stuff. Instead of the word that they should be using, oh, I'm sorry, we should be pissed off because they're Americans. And they believe in the American spirit of freedom. Here we are. So, and look, I, I, there, yes, there, there's a movie coming out, The 2000 Mules. It's great. But it gets back to thinking that it's done by a bunch of people. It's just not true. It's just not true. The systems are designed to defraud the American people. The systems and the information that we were able to take out of the Balkans, we were able to trace down all the information related to the people that were stolen in that same area, Ukraine, Serbia, Romania. Stolen. Votes stolen. People's identities stolen, then used. And the blueprint that was written 
and, and hand it over to the FBI, hand it over to the New York Times. This happened in 2019. They literally said, this is how they're going to steal the election. I've seen the emails. They knew about it. And they did nothing about it. Nothing. They're complicit in the behavior. And you don't matter. So listen, God's at the wheel. I do believe that. And I believe that, frankly, we're, we're at those final days. You know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to tell you, I believe that we're at a place where, you know, if we don't stand up now, there's nothing to be stand up to. And then at that point, just go on about your business and, and turn into the drones that happened during the communist regime in Soviet Union. And you see it in older people in Soviet Union, by the way, where they look down, they won't look at you, they never smile. That's what's coming to the United States. You're not allowed to smile now. You're not allowed to crack jokes. Comedy, you know, you know, comedy people are canceled every day. You get to have one opinion. And by the way, if you violate that opinion on anything, they try to cancel you everywhere and attack you and ridicule you because they're a bunch of cowards. They're a bunch of cowards. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily. Thanks for stopping in. I hope you had a good time. We got to learn a lot. Share it with someone that wants to hear it. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on Rumble. Hit the Rumble button too. There's a bunch of people watching. Hit the Rumble button before you put, turn the lights out. Uh, follow Conservative Daily on Telegram at Conservative Daily. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Frank Speech, and Cloud Hub. You can find us on the audio version at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. Please subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you like the episode, please share it with someone that needs to hear it. Um, and if you need a reminder, when we go live, you can text the word freedom to 89517 and sign up for our text alert system and use the link in our description as well to subscribe to our newsletter. You can get our facts plus so you don't miss any important projects that we're working on right now. So that's it for this episode of conservative daily. My name is Joe Oldman. Max is not with us today. Remember the fight is not one, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>